is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And now Cam McCarr breaks loose with the puck through Zach Hyman to the net. Reshot score! The car wins it for Colorado in overtime. 3-2. to two. One of the brightest stars in the game wins it for the Colorado Avalanche. 2.09 into overtime. The Avalanche knock off the Edmonton Oilers 3-2. Thanks a lot for joining us. We're live in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Another home ice loss for the Oilers, though they do get the uh, point in this one, but just one win in their last seven home games and another game on home ice in which they... Can't hold on to a two-goal lead in uh, four of the games that they've uh, lost here. They have uh, had a two-goal lead and had it slip away. We lost one in a shootout in overtime and a couple in regulation time, Rob. And really, on the whole, it would have been a theft for the Oilers to get two points tonight. Yeah, this was a game that, especially five-on-five, the Colorado Avalanche dominated. Um, they were the better team. They were quicker. They won the battles. They won the races. Uh, the two things kept the Oilers in this game. One is fantastic goaltending by Stuart Skinner, and the other is the world's greatest power play. Uh, you take those, one, either one of those away from the Oilers tonight, and the Oilers wouldn't have got the point. So uh, you saw a Colorado team that was more desperate and more urgent. That's a team that's on the outside looking into the playoffs. They've lost five straight. They understood the importance of this game. The Oilers are one of the teams they're chasing. It's a wild card team that they're chasing right now. And they were excellent in this hockey game. And if it wasn't for Skinner and four or five posts, uh, the Edmonton Oilers probably wouldn't have got a point. So very fortunate to come out with one in this game. All right. He is at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. I thought our special teams were very good tonight. Um, they got a five-on-five goal and a four-on-four goal that we'd like to have back. Over time, we hit the crossbar two times, and you know they had some. They have some special players. We have some special players, and uh, special players on both teams made good plays tonight. And you know, in uh, in the overtime, um, you know, they was able to to find the back of the net, and we hit the crossbar twice. So uh, I think in the long run, it's an important uh, point for us. I thought our team did some good things uh, out there. Obviously, we'd like to have closed them out, but they're the Stanley Cup champs. They pushed back, and, um, you know, I thought, as I said, I thought there's lots of positive to take out of it, but uh, we would have liked to have had the two. Tyson Berry mentioned as a defenseman on that McKinnon goal, the way it sets up, it goes off a stick, and he's coming with speed, and once he gets a step like McDavid, it's almost not than a defenseman can do. How do you read that play for your defenders? Yeah, you know what? I thought I would bring it even farther back, Jason. I, I thought uh, we had got the puck deep on the forecheck. Um, it was on our tape. Uh, I didn't, you know, they poked it. Um, so I think we could have done a better job of protecting that puck there and helping our D out. Um, you know, McKinnon, as you said, is skates not not the exact same way as Connor, but he's a powerful skater. He gallops, and if he gets ahead of steam, he's He's hard to um, he's 
he's hard to handle. But you know, I, I go back to we had the puck on our stick in the offensive zone. Uh, we turned it over, and uh, he was able to split our D. When you're discussing McKinnon there, is that some of those attributes the same for McCarr when he's coming in with even more space than the three on? Yeah, and you know, it, um, yeah, that that was an elite play that he made, and uh, you know, there was a little bit of daylight there, um, and he took it and uh, he made a great shot. Um, you know, you get into that that time of the game, you see special players making special plays. I, I go back to the fact that we had two crossbars there. Um, and off one crossbar, we had a really good second chance off of it. So uh, you get into the three-on-three overtime, it's, uh, you know, it's usually a play like that, a special play that gets made that decides it. And tonight it didn't go our way. Typically we're a very good overtime team, and uh, but we weren't able to find the extra point tonight. Solid performance from Skinner. Okay, maybe a lot of big stops. Yeah, it's been good all year. Um, I thought he made some big saves. Um, I thought their goalie made some good saves too. Uh, especially, you know, I thought we, when the game was 2-2, I thought we pushed. We had some good chances. Um, he made some big saves. Our guy made some big saves. Um, I thought our penalty kill was outstanding today against one of the top power plays around. Uh, you know, they can put five dangerous people on the ice. And, um, you know, that late penalty that we were awarded, um, you know, for us to dig in there and help us secure an important point. And that's where we're at right now. We're trying to secure as many points as we can. That's a good team. Uh, it was a good hockey game. Would have loved to add two, but only got one tonight. Better five on five chances in the first two periods. Yeah, I would have liked that. Yeah, I would have liked that. I thought, um, you know, uh, I thought we did some good things, but um, it was tonight was a battle uh, in the neutral zone of uh, who was willing to get pucks behind the other team's decor. And, uh, you know, for us, we we didn't uh, get enough pucks behind their decor to put them under any type of uh, duress early. I thought we got better at it as it went on. Um, you know, in the end, uh, came down to a play in overtime. There's lots of special players on the ice, and, and um, you know, as I said, I think it's a hard-fought point. Would have loved to have had two, but we got one. Your goalie says that for a goaltender, it was a fun game to play at Stanley Cup champs because he never played them before. He just didn't like the result. Yeah. And that's probably the, what you like about Stu. I mean, he hasn't played them before, and he was challenging himself probably too. Yeah. To, to and Numerous big saves, numerous big saves. Um, if you're a fan tonight and you're in that building, uh, I thought it was a heck of a hockey game. Um, lots of special plays were made, and uh, it was exciting both ways. Um, you know, I think um, they were very motivated coming in. Um, we're very motivated. Um, and we realize how important points are. So we'll take this one and move on uh, to take on a good L L.A. team on Monday. Any concern at all that's four times in the last five or six home games you had a 2 nothing lead and you weren't able to hold on to it? I think if you look around the league too, Jason, like uh, no leads are safe. I said this to the group the other day. I think we lead the league in comebacks. Um, 
would we like to have secured it? Yeah, we would have liked to have secured it. I thought, uh, you know, we had a big kill at the start of the third period, which I thought was going to set us up. In the end, we turned one over on the uh, on the cycle in the offensive zone, and, and uh, we're, we let a four-on-four goal up that we'd like to have back. Um, but we got an important point versus a really good team, one of the league's elite teams. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll take that point and move on. And is, is Vogel um, healthy or is, is he banged up? No. Uh, yeah, it was a healthy scratch today. Yeah. Um, we uh, decided to go 11 and 7. Uh, we did that last game. We did it this game. He's a true pro, uh, works hard. And that's the hard thing when you go 11 and 7 is you got to take a really good forward out. And uh, But who knows how we'll look come Monday. Thanks. All right, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 3-2 overtime loss to the Avalanche. So the Oilers halfway mark of the season, 21-17-3. So 45 points, multiply that by two. That's 90, I think. Good, yep, that's and good enough. They're, they're right, uh, if, if you go by points percentage, they're now 10th in the Western Conference. If you go by points, they're 8th. So they're in a really tight uh, race here for the wild card with half the season to go. We'll start with a big positive for the Oilers, and then you touched on it. I mean, that's Skinner. I, again, just completely under control. I'm at the point with him where even on a grade-A chance, I, I'm surprised when it goes in. I mean, even, you know, McCarr's shot, McKinnon's shot, you, you think he's going to find a way to come up with a save. Well, there were times in the last couple of years where Mike Smith had one of those nights, and you're sitting up there like, I don't think they're going to be able to score on Mike Smith. And... It, obviously, he wasn't as consistent as they needed him over the course of his career here with the injuries and stuff, but there were certain nights that he was special. And I think we're seeing a lot of those with, with Skinner. And going into the third period, I'm like, it's going to take something really special to beat him. And Colorado had that power play to start the third period that Jay Woodcroft just talked about. They had four or five grade-A scoring chances on it. And there was a couple times where Rantanen, who's... He's top five goal scorers in the National Hockey League. He's a great goal scorer, was by himself wide open, and he made the saves looked easy for Skinner. There was one-timers coming across. He was already squared to the, to the shooter at that one. So I think what Skinner has given them, game in, game out, is now not lucky. It's not beginner's light. Like, it's now consistent. All season long, and Woodcroft touched on it, he's been giving them quality starts every time he steps in the ice. And I tell you, as a, as a player and a, uh, a teammate, you're like, all right, we know we know he's got his our back. Now we got to go and do the things for him too. So Stuart Skinner was the main reason that the Edmonton Oilers got a point tonight. He was picked as the third star here in the building. Hyman, the second star, he had both goals for the Oilers, and McKinnon gets the first star. We give out the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. We don't always often give it to an opposing player. I'm going to give it to Makar. He was he got, got yeah, the game well, winner. We, we talked about it before the game that, to me, the two most special players in the National Hockey League were playing. And you talked about McKinnon. And McKinnon's goal, that was exceptional. That, uh, that was just world class. But I, I said my, the special player I see is Makar. He just does so many things. He ended up playing 33 minutes tonight for the Colorado Avalanche. It seemed like he was out there the whole time. And here's the respect that players in the league and tonight we saw with Connor McDavid three times I think all three times were shorthanded where Connor McDavid had the puck and he was going down one-on-one -on -one with Kale McCarr normally Connor McDavid is going to try him one-on-one -on -one. 
and all three times he got to the blue line and then dumped it in. It's There's very few players in the National Hockey League that can skate with Connor McDavid. Kilmacar is one of them. So no, th this is a guy, Kilmacar, that does it offensively, but he also, when he's on the ice defensively, it's almost like there's a blanket of comfort for the Colorado Avalanche coaching staff. Like, okay, McCarr's out there. He's playing 30 minutes tonight. That means half the game we feel really comfortable that we're going to get a good defensive effort. So uh, McCarr was special tonight. The, the Colorado Avalanche best players, McKinnon and McCarr, they were better than the Oilers' best players, and very seldom do we say that in a hockey game with Connor and Leon in it. The Avalanche win it 3-2 in overtime. It's a $200 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They're given 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. So, you know, Skinner's a positive. The power play continues to produce two for five. The percentage is going to go up. But another disappointing night at home. You know, just one mm -hmm. win in the last seven at home. Like I said, one, four, and two in four of the six Losses. I know you got a point a couple times, but you've had a two-goal lead. I know Woodcroft mentioned, okay, there are comebacks, but the good teams are going to have more comebacks than, than yeah. for than they allow against. And and the five-on-five -five play for most of this night was was not close. No, and that that continues to be concerning, especially with with the Avalanche for missing you know, two of their top six or seven forwards. Yeah, it, it wasn't close, and it, the Oilers did have some pushback when it, once it became 2-2, and they put Connor Leon and Hyman together, and they put together a couple of good shifts, but for the most part, it was whatever end that the Oilers were defending, that's which way you were looking for the entire period. Uh, the, it was just one where the Colorado Avalanche came in with an urgency in their game and a desperation in their game, and they were just unlucky and faced a good goaltender through 40 minutes. But eventually, if you play your whole game defending, and you're defending against a team with the skill level that the Colorado Avalanche still have, even with the injuries, it's gonna come back and cost you. And the Oilers just spent too much time in their own zone. And eventually, Colorado got that one spark, the McKinnon goal, and then it was just a matter of time when they're gonna be able to tie it up. I just checked natural stat trick. They have the five on five shots on goal at 32-15 for the Avalanche, the attempts at 53-28, and the high danger scoring chances at 11-6, five on five. And the Oilers got five of them in the third period. Yeah. Probably all in the last 10 minutes of the third because McDavid and Dreisel were together. And I thought the... Um, um, McLeod, Holloway, and, and Ryan actually had a good... Well, I don't know if they got a great scoring chance, but they actually had some zone time. And, and the problem that, that I saw in this game is uh, McLeod, and, uh, McLeod and Holloway, I thought, were excellent last game, and we talked about it. Again, tonight, I think Holloway only played seven minutes in this game again. And I thought when he was out there, he was very, very good. Uh, the bench gets short for the Oilers and certain players that can give them quality minutes. I mean, Holloway is big, strong, fast. He makes good plays, but his minutes were limited. Now, part of it, too, is power play penalty kill, and he's not on either. So you're only looking for him to get uh, even strength minutes, but seven minutes in a game like this, he could be a difference maker, but he's not getting the ice time to be able to do that. Yeah, that'll be our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. I, I wonder about that as well because he he's fearless. He takes the mm -hmm. puck to the net. He's trying to do the right things. I mean, yes, the final execution isn't uh, always there, but but this was a night, uh, you know, coming off a night in which pretty much all the Oilers played pretty well, top to bottom. It was it was quieter for some players this evening against against a better team, and I think that's going to be continue to be the 
the concern here going forward. Yeah, but one of them. Yeah, but you you would expect your uh, lower tiered players to not be as good against a good hockey club. You would just I mean, in this game, you look at the plus minus. Connor McDavid was minus three. So, no, he's minus three. That, uh, oh, did they change it to well minus on three? The, the NHL, when he was on for all three goals against. Well, so, yeah, they saw minus three. Sorry, they yes. hadn't changed it. So, he, he's minus three. So, the bottom six players, they they played it. You know, they were even up over the course of the game, and that's what you want. Now, they, they spent a lot of time in their own zone. But uh, tonight, this was a game where it wasn't decided by the Colorado Avalanche's bottom six versus the Oilers' bottom six. This was one that was decided by the Stars. And... Uh, McKinnon and McCarr were the the best two players on the ice tonight, and they were exceptional. And and also, and it took to I don't know what game we game 40, and how many years? I, this is my 16th year of doing this. How many years Connor and Liam been together? But I've been saying if I'm if I was <laughs> coaching the opposition, and I went into overtime, I would 100,000% start two defensemen. Because the Oilers are always going Connor and Leon, and you cannot put two forwards against those two guys because you will lose. Tonight, the Colorado Avalanche put their two best defensemen on the ice. Now, McCarr is, he can play both. He's, he's dangerous, he's dangerous, more dangerous ways, than most forwards. But, yeah. but they went with two defensemen, and that's the only way that you have a chance, I believe, to beat the Oilers in overtime is by starting two defensemen. And eventually, Connor and Leon change, and that's when they came back out with their two forwards. But highly entertaining game again. If you're an Oilers fan, you're disappointed. But if you're a hockey fan, that was one heck of a hockey game. And you're happy if you're Derek, who gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. He took the under and set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. The line was 7.5. Combined points for Rat Rantanen, McKinnon, McDavid, and Dreisaitl. They combined for four. Dreisaitl had two. McKinnon won. McDavid won. Rantanen didn't have any tonight. Not for lack of trying as he had nine shots on goal and <laughs> well that's and a half minutes. nine shots and he also hit the crossbar twice he's one of the guys who hit two crossbars he had 12 total attempts so he, he was very he, he was good in this hockey game as was i mean goal of the night might be goal of the month the goal by M mckinn and he was fantastic in this game as well they were all shooting on this guy stuart skinner thanks to say that frustrating one felt like the guys probably could have a better outcome out. they hit two posts and then they win it another two nothing lead that we saw that night yeah tough uh tough way to lose i'm uh, obviously pretty frustrated right now um yeah that, i mean yeah it sucks <laughs> when they come you know when when mccarr's come with that kind of speed at the end shooting off that kind of speed it must be very difficult to know where it's going to go and make that safe. It was a great shot. I mean, he's obviously he's obviously the best defenseman for the reason for a reason. Um, you know, he's great offensively. He's a threat in every situation. Uh, he was on a two-on-one, and uh, yeah, I mean, I he snuck it kind of right over the shoulder. I thought it was a good shot, but um, you know, maybe I can do something different, and I'll I'll look at it. When McKinnon is very similar, he's busting down the ice through two guys that come at you. He's a, as a goalie, what's your <laughs> what are your chances of stopping that player? I guess. Uh, well, I mean, for me, I've gotten a lot of practice. Um, you know, Davo does it in practice. You know, for on me for the past five years that I've been here. Um, so I've had a lot of practice. He made a nice move, and I actually read it pretty well. But he made a nice shot, and I was just uh, half half a second too slow on it. Did you think uh, after 40 minutes, while they were pressuring and maybe had better five on five, that things were kind of 
in control a little bit? Like, what was kind of your assessment heading out in the third? Like, you felt kind of comfortable where things were at? Yeah, I thought it was kind of a, a game of, uh, you know, peaks and valleys. I thought, you know, we would get, you know, our chances. We got on the power play for six minutes or something like that there. And then, you know, they came out. They had a couple power plays. When they get power plays, they get momentum. And it was just a very... Uh, just, just a game of momentum shifts, and um, you know, I thought both teams did obviously their their best part, and um, yeah, we just couldn't get it done. That is Stuart Skinner, 43 saves tonight, but he takes the overtime loss as McCarr gets the winner for the Avalanche. 3-2 Colorado is the final. All right, you can check in on the Certainty hotline, 780-496-0063. Certainty is the, uh, Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty pro all the way. We're live in Studio 99. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime. I'm open line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6:30. Chad Crosby, Eichel, now McKinnon. Here's a quick chance. What a save! Skinner reaching behind him to deny McKinnon a blast from the point, and that's deflected up on the plexi. Taves, left point, McKinnon stepping up, McCarr, quick dish. McKinnon wires one into the glove, and Skinner splayed out to his fullest extent. Makes another brilliant save. Colorado continues to hammer away, but Stewart Skinner keeps it scoreless at Rogers' place. Avalanche would go on to win 3-2 in overtime. I mentioned Ratnan had nine shots on goal, did not have the lead in this game because McKinnon had 11. <laughs> Zach Hyman also had nine. That was Skinner's save the game for Crystal Glass called 310 Glass or visit Crystal Glass dots J. Yeah, a lot of, ch I mean, the Avalanche had uh, three poster crossbar. I'm not going to give that one that went off the post in the second period because Skinner was right against the post. That, there was one that wasn't going in. But there's but one, had, there was the one from the point. I think it was Gerard. Yes. He floated it and he just fooled Skinner yeah. on that one. Ran and rifled one off, and then Kulak in overtime off the one-timer from Nuge, and then Georgie the fifth, as you like to call him, Gorgiev. He made some good saves late in the third, and then Hyman had a that bad angle off the post. And again, I'm not sure if there was room for that to go mm -hmm. in, but the post created a second chance. I haven't seen a good replay of that yet, but I, I assume Gorgiev just lay across the goal line because Hyman batted it out of the air, straight yes. down, and he was in the crease. So. Gorgiev, great save. I mean, I, again, I hope to. Uh, I haven't seen it again yet, but I think he might just th have thrown his arm down across the goal line. I mean, yeah, great it, job it, to keep it out. It was a game where Skinner was the star for the Oilers. Uh, Georgie the fifth didn't really have to do a whole lot until the last five minutes of the third period, and then in overtime, uh, the Oilers had all of their grade A scoring chances in the last five minutes. They had two on one, two on ones, uh, a couple times the open net, Hyman twice. Went around the goaltender and then tried getting his stick behind the goaltender, putting it in the empty net, and they just stayed out. There was mad scrambles in front. Uh, the Oilers, most des the, the most desperate they were in the game is when the game became 2-2. And they had some chances at the end when they, they changed their lines and put Connor, Leon, and Hyman together again. And Georgie the fifth did have to make the save. And it would be tough in a game like this where you're standing there for long stretches where the Oilers didn't have any chances. And then you were called upon to make a few big saves. Again, it wasn't the result the Oilers wanted, but uh, that was a really fun game to watch. It's unfortunate just the way it finished. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today. 
today at jvedmonton.ca. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Mike standing by. Hi, Mike. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Good. It's good. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, it was a good game, but you, you couldn't see much from the defense in the back there. And with that shot, like, if I was a goalie, I would have stopped that Vicar shot. It, it would not never went past me. He was too far in his net. You know, and, you, like, Nurse, Nurse, Donnell Nurse is, uh, he, he rather look good than lose. So, so what, what team did you play goal for, Mike? I played I I, I played goal just for my just just for my the, I played. Yeah, in so Edmonton. you you got McCarr figured out, eh? Okay, thanks oh, for yeah. calling. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great, Mike. Thanks. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the Oilers fall three two in overtime to the Colorado Avalanche. That, I mean, that was a beautiful play by McCarr, and you could you could see it coming. He picked up speed in the neutral zone. He had the Oilers flat footed, and you're like, uh oh. And uh, he's got a quick release. And we saw that last year in the playoffs. And, the, and I think it was the goal that we all thought was offside. Still don't understand the whole rule and everything. But it's just a quick release. And he puts it right where he wants it. So uh, I, Skinner got beat by a great shot. And a great shot from a great player. All right, let's update the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Edmonton Oil Kings, we know it's a rebuilding year for them. They snap a 16-game losing streak with a 3-2 shootout win in Lethbridge tonight. One of their newer players, they just got him about a, a week and a half ago, Logan Cunningham, who is from Sherwood Park. He was playing for Victoria, made 45 saves in regulation and overtime, stopped a couple more in the shootout first career WHO win. So the Oil Kings get the uh, 3-2 shootout decision in Lethbridge. Around the NHL, Los Angeles, the Oilers' next opponent, hammering Vegas tonight, 5-1. Boston is now 31-4-4, a 4-2 win in San Jose. Devils over the Rangers, 4-3 in overtime. Maple Leafs beat the Red Wings, 4-1. Blue Jackets win at home, 4-3 in over, in a shootout, pardon me, against Carolina. Sabres beat the Wild, 6-5 in overtime. Canadians outscore the Blues 5-4. Josh Anderson got the winner in that game. Kirby Doc got his sixth of the season. And uh, the game that I was interested in tonight, uh, Seattle 8-4 win in Ottawa. Everly got his ninth. Uh, Beneers got his 14th. Justin Schultz scored. Stutzel had a uh, Stutzel had a hat trick for Ottawa, but uh, not enough. 8-4 Seattle. Uh, the Kraken are for real. 40 games in, they got they're s- solidly in a playoff spot. They can score goals. They just got to figure a way to find a goaltender to make a save for them. All right, let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's defenseman Tyson Berry. You know, at this point, you have another multi-goal lead at home, Tyson. It's a few times it's been happening here recently. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, we got two-goal lead in the third period. I mean, give them credit. They played, uh, you know, they played a solid game all the way through, and um, you know, they pushed. And then we had some chances after they tied it up to, to regain the lead, and a couple good looks in overtime, and uh, just went their way. Similar, maybe to you guys, in that they've got a few guys that are tough to just completely keep off the scoreboard on a given night. You just try and contain them, but I mean, sometimes those guys just make plays. Is that the way it goes sometimes? Yeah, for sure. You want to try to do the best you can against them, and I mean, that's why they get. To, you know, they get paid the big bucks and they're out there to score goals and create for their team. And just like we have guys in here that do that. And, um, you know, they're, they made a great play on their first one. And then, uh, you know, they got some a D-man to score their second one there. And um, But, yeah, they're they're obviously a good team. And, you know, they're, they're getting some guys back from injury. Nate's back and they're playing, uh, playing a little better. But, um, yeah, it's frustrating for us. This is one... Uh, 
you know, two posts in overtime, maybe we get one of those, and then, you know, it's a, it's a celebration in here instead, so it's frustrating. You've seen that play on Nates probably a lot in Denver. Yeah. Had a steam board just like Connor does. Yeah, he, he, yeah, it's tough. You know, he gets a puck in a in a spot when he's turning into it, and then he just gets kind of galloping there. It's um, that's tough to stop when he's got that much speed. And um, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to get him a puck in that position for sure. All right, that is Tyson Berry after the Oilers lose three two in overtime to the Colorado Avalanche. Hyman in the first period. Hyman in the second period. Both on the power play. Hyman, who has had three goals disallowed this season. That one stood up after a video review for goalie interference. So the Oilers went back on the power play and then briefly had a two-man advantage for 13 seconds. They called the timeout. They were trying to set up a play to score quick and keep going. They couldn't extend the lead. And then McKinnon and Brad Hunt, who I know Bob and Jack references, I've said it before, is one of the nicest guys uh, I've ever, a hockey player, like I'm not just talking about hockey players, one of the nicest human beings I, I've ever met in my life. I... I He's a guy that I you cheer help for. But feel good for yeah, him he, he he's a guy yeah. you cheer for. And the one thing that he can do is shoot a puck. Yes. He always has been able to, and he had all the time in the world to shoot that one. That sequence you just talked about, where the Oilers had the the power play goal, then the the challenge, and then the five on three, that was a shift. I just saw. I knew it was something around there. Five minutes and 21 seconds. They had Leon Drysaddle, but it was Leon and Connor both were out there. Five minutes and 21 seconds shift. There's. I mean, that's only two minutes less than a couple of the Oilers players played in the entire game. That's true. And Connor and Leon had a shift that was five minutes and 21 seconds long tonight. All right, back to the 13 hotline. We have Jim standing by. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. Hey, how are you doing? Good. That's good. I was at the game. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good sportsmen and everything else. The only problem is that we got to get the crowd to understand. You can have other opponents in there. Colorado jerseys, it doesn't matter. Let's have fun, guys that don't assault each other. They had security down on the, on the bench. It's like, come on, we're there to have a game, and there's lots of kids there. Come on, let's be grown-ups. Oh, was there an altercation in the crowd? I didn't see it. Yeah, it was up on uh, on 132. Okay. Well, yeah, there's, well, well, two, there's one guy down in front of us wearing a Colorado shirt. And there's a group of five big guys sitting three store, three three rows across up, and they were just beacon back and forth, beacon back and forth. Tell the guys to shut up. You know what? We're there to play a game, and there's lots of kids around there. Let's don't start that kind of stuff in a show like that. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment, Jim. Thanks for you know. That. And I I love you guys. I, if I had something to say, I would say Edmonton lost. It's our fault. Uh, we misplaced the puck, and it happens. And the better team won. Well, Colorado was good. Yeah. <laughs> they were. They were. I, I, I don't even. Thanks, for, I, I don't even know if the Oilers turned the puck over that much tonight because you have to have the puck first to give it <laughs> yeah. away. Well, the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche are one of those teams that can create on their own. There's some teams that live off of turnovers. The Colorado Avalanche, they don't need to live off turnovers. They're capable of creating, and they created a lot of things where they'd pick up the puck in their own zone, and they were gone because they got a Taves, they got a Girard, they got a McCarr. They're defensive, and they jump up in the play, and then they've got forwards with tons and tons of speed, and we've seen many times in the years that Connor McDavid has been here where defensemen have played him perfectly, and he's made them look silly. And there's nothing else that those defensemen could have done. They had the right gap control. They they crossed over the proper time. They just they played. They went against a guy that was too good. And I think that goal that McKinnon scored, where he went end to end, split CC and Nurse. Tyson Berry said it. He said he started galloping. He had a full head of steam, and he caught 
CeCe and Nurse just a little flat-footed, and he was gone. And the entire game, as much as Colorado was playing well at that point, after he scored that goal, they had belief. And then it was they on the bench, they were just wondering when they were going to get the tying goal. All right, we also have Jesse at 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Jesse. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Um, so I know they're not going to change a coach this year, and I'm not I'm not here to say change the coach. What I'm trying to get at tonight is when when will the accountability be stated or I guess from his point of view, be brought in press conferences. Because every time he has a press conference, he's always, um, I don't want to say coming up with excuses, but like, for example, tonight. So, um, McKinnon goes through goes through Darnell Nurse, and I think it was... Cece. Uh, Darnell and Cece. Yeah, Cece, sorry. He yep. went through them tonight, and then he goes, and then somebody in the press asked him about it, and he said, well, I'm going to take it farther back to the point, you know, obviously going to the forward. And it seems like every press conference is always the same thing, same thing on that level at some point. Um, and again, like I said, we're not changing coaches. I understand that. I know you guys will say it's not happening, and I and I agree. But when will the accountability start happening from his well, end of things? Well, I, it seems but he, like he, is just, saying he you know? did hold them accountable on that one. He said the guy that turned over the puck, he didn't name him, but he said the puck was turned over in a bad spot that created the the space for McKinnon to go. I mean, we, we talk when Connor McDavid splits 2D, we're not looking at those 2D saying, oh, those 2D screwed up. We're talking about the brilliance of Connor McDavid. And on that one there, he's saying the puck's got to get deep, but they turned it over high, and Nathan McKinnon came with full speed. He might not be Connor McDavid fast, but it, it'd be a close race. And he went in and he split the D. To me, that was brilliance by McKinnon more so than uh, derelict of defensive play by the, the Oilers' top pairing there. So and here, I, here's the thing, Jesse, and I, and I hear what you're saying. So, uh, you know, Jay Woodcroft comes out after a loss and other losses like this and, and references general team play, doesn't often point the finger at a particular player. Last year, Miko Koskinen turns the puck over against the New York Rangers, and, and I can't remember how Tippett phrased it, but he explicitly says... Koskinen gave the goal away, and then we get phone calls saying, how could Tippett single out a player like that? Yeah. So w when you lose as fans, you're going to be happy, and you're going to look for things to criticize and pick apart, and sometimes the coach's post-game reaction, post-game comments will be among those. In terms of accountability, uh, I mean, look at ice time. And maybe you don't always agree with it, and... Okay, well, Warren Fogle was scratched the last two games. Now, Woodcroft is saying, well, it's tough to take a good player out of the lineup. If Warren Fogle was playing that well in Jay Woodcroft's <laughs> eyes, he wouldn't take him out of the well, lineup. Well, Costin tonight, turned, he's the one that turned the puck over. You talk about accountability. He's the one that turned the puck over. He was no longer on Connor McDavid's line. Yes, he pulled the RV. Limited minutes again tonight. Uh, so he does hold players accountable. Um, sometimes they're not the players that you want held accountable. But he does hold him. And the, the goal that you were referencing, the player that turned the puck over, I don't know if he got another shift after that. All right, Avalanche take it 3-2 in overtime. We'll get to a few more of your calls, and you'll hear from Zach Hyman. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Darren Hill. 
buried against the boards by Niemalainen. That's what he does. Woodcroft mentioned two hits in three minutes. Well, Niemalainen, uh, once again, two hits. Well, in three and a half minutes tonight, played 329. Niemalainen, as he often has, gets the crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Oilers up 2-0 after two, but the Avalanche win it 3-2 in overtime on a goal by Makar. Fred, go ahead. Hey, uh, you know what? I'm looking at the standings here, and I'm getting just a tad nervous right now. I know there's still a long way to go, but uh, we could have put Colorado five points behind us. Now we're only two points uh, up on them when they got three games in hand. And you know what? That Macar is something else. I can, I can, you know what? I saw that coming when he came from his, uh, where was he, his blue line. I go, oh, we're in trouble now. But uh, you can't win them all. And how many hits do the Oilers have tonight? Uh, 24. 24. They were, oh my Absent God. 21. That's off the game sheet. A lot of people count their own hits at home. Rob, Fred, I got I'm a question for you. I find, you think the Oilers, they, they seem so soft. Yes. They're well, I don't know if they're like extremely soft, but they could use a little more. Rob and I have been saying that all year. They could use some more beef. They use some sure. abrasive. Now they're going to get Kane back. It'll make them a little more abrasive up front. And I think the biggest need they have is on the back end. Somebody that plays with nastiness plays with meanness and I think that's something that Ken Holland's going to be looking for between now and the trade deadline and Fred. well that was my next point I think it's time for Kenny Holm to come on down uh, because they definitely need something in the bottom six and they need a defenseman that can bang I just I don't know I guess I'm old school and I love guys that bang like Scott Stevens whatever Marchman but geez just a little too soft and when the guys in front of the net hammer on them and I don't know Colorado had the puck on the string tonight and there's a reason they're Stanley Cup champions I don't care if they're missing four or five six guys but uh, when you got McKinnon McCarr uh, list goes on and on that's a damn good hockey team hey the Oilers could have won it just as easily but all right thanks you know Fred. what the good thing is we got a lot of teams like Anaheim, uh, Chicago. Okay, Fred, we gotta go. We gotta go. We know the schedule coming up. Okay, take Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Aaron standing by. Hey, Aaron, go ahead. Hey guys, how's it going? Question for you. <clears throat> I remember a couple years back, Leo Komarov getting a penalty uh, for his visor, Rule nine point seven in the rule book. How come uh, Brad Hunt's allowed to come out there with his visor tucked up over his helmet, looking like uh, Ryan O'Reilly tonight? No. No idea. I, I actually have no idea about that either. I, I mean, Jesse Pugliarvi, his I don't know if his visor reaches his eyebrows either. I don't know what the rule is, so I have no idea on that one at all. You probably, you just quoted it. You know it better yeah, than... Yeah, he obviously knows it better than we do. Yeah, so I have we'll, no idea. I'll we'll take Aaron's word for it. Yeah, I used, when I had a visor, I wanted to be as long as possible so I could protect my face as much as I can because I seem well, to take a lot of punches and elbows and to the face. And it paid off. You look great. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, uh, most of these teeth are real, too. What did you think of the when embellishment slash holding call See, with I, Hyman I, and Taves? I don't like it because it's one or the other. Now, I understand what they... they Hyman went down easy. Um, but to me, it's let it go. Just, yeah, I would prefer nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. Because, yeah. I mean, if, if he's holding, call the hold. If it's a dive, just call the dive. If it's both, then let it go. Uh, usually, usually, and against 90% of the teams, it's a huge advantage for the Oilers when it goes four on four. The Colorado Avalanche are one of the few teams in the National Hockey League that four on four going against the Oilers. They can match up pretty good with them, too. So I would have I would have just said play on and, and let it go. Yeah, and the hunt goal was, was four, four on four. Four on four, that's what I mean. There's they yeah. they're one team that can actually
throw out some players that can compete with your other top players. All right, we also have Reese on the Certainty Hotline. Go ahead, Reese. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, hey, so I mean, I'm looking at this game, and uh, like obviously everyone said it, Stanley Cup champions, right? I mean, it's a, they're a tough team. But do you look at this and go, okay, maybe it's time to take the the Chikrin talk and bring it into the Oilers? like organization like do they make a a dire sort of move like think about florida they don't have any picks until like first round picks until like 2025 yep like i think that's something that oilers need to start looking into is like going a little more into this personally reese i think they've been looking at that for a while it's just a matter of when is the the trigger going to be pulled on a deal i mean we have been talking about the same deficiencies on the Oilers since the first game of the year yep and the yeah. same strengths. I mean, we know who the team is. Um, and and the, if Reed and I know who, who what the problems are, Ken <laughs> Holland and the rest that, of the organization yeah. does too. Hey, but again, you've got... You is Chickering any different than somebody they already have, though? No. He's better. Yeah. He's better than... He would be... He'd be your second best defenseman. Offensively. Offensively. But he's, he's not what the Oilers are missing. Because then you're just going to yeah. keep trying to outscore your mistakes. And I just saw... Someone, I think it was uh, Mark Spector, who you had on the show today, he got some stats out, and he was defensively, he was in between Jordan Osterley and uh, some other player in defensive deficiency. Like, he was not ranked very high defensively. So uh, I, there's, I don't know, and, and if you want him, there's other teams that are going to want him and could offer more. So I, the others, they'd have deficiencies in their back end. I think they need to address but they also have to be able to move money out. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing for the Oilers. They've, yeah. they've got no spare cash. For them to bring someone in, they got to move that much money out. Yeah, it, it's physicality to me. And I mean, even yep. if you get a forward that... Well, I, I, I think that'd but, be great on their bottom six, but I don't... I think if they go into the playoffs, I think they do want to have... I mean, and I keep going back to what Colorado did last year. They got Josh Manson. That's, that was their big move, getting Josh Manson. They had some nastiness that they can go into the playoffs with. And I think come playoff hockey, we've seen it here the last number of years. Uh, every team has someone on their back end that can stop the cycle, yeah. can, in, in, in on a penalty kill, can clear the front of the net, things like that. The Oilers, I think, need that on their back end. And I believe Ken Holland's looking for it. All right, let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Two power play goals tonight for Zach Hyman. We're pushing the entire night. I thought our special teams was, was really good. Uh, let's do was great. Um, uh, and, you know, they made a push there. They tied the game up, and then uh, they wanted an OT. So. What did you think of uh, the, the batted one? Maybe that one was close, and there was another. I mean, it was one of those nights where so many chances could have easily yeah. gone your yeah. way and your team's way. For sure. Um, yeah, just a game of inches, obviously. And, um, just, you know, you don't really start to aim exactly where you want to put that one. You try to get you on net and, uh, yeah, made a save there. And then, yeah, at the end of the third, there was one loose one that their stick just got on it. And it was right there. So uh, a lot of chances. Um, it'd be nice to, to bear down on, on one of them and get the, the win there. But, uh, yeah, they're a good team. When you... You guys, they had a lot of possession tonight. And you kept them outside. You defended pretty well for 40 minutes and mm-hmm. kept them off the scoreboard. Uh, that's hard to keep that game going for 60 minutes. I know she took the game back at the end, but they had a lot of the play. You guys are on your heels a little bit tonight. Is that fair? Well, I think there was a lot of special teams involved in there. Um, 
I think that they've got a bunch of dynamic players over there too that hold on to the puck and, and can make plays like we do. Uh, so I don't know what the possession numbers were, but yeah, they were they were rolling around a little bit in, in our zone and it was a back and forth game uh, for the most part. Yeah, they got the last call, obviously. Because that McKinnon's speed is, Connor's the fastest, but McKinnon might be the second fastest, and he went through the defense there. The kind of play that Connor would, has made so many times, mm -hmm. I guess, hey? I mean, McKinnon just does it effortlessly when he's got his head steam up. Yeah, very few guys can do it, right? Yeah. I think uh, that's what makes those guys special. You know, we have we have a couple of them, so they got they got a couple of them, too. Obviously, the guy who got the OT winner is not bad, either. Yeah. Exactly. It's a trend that I know every game's different, but and it's happened different ways. With, that's four home losses recently where you had a 2 nothing lead. Mm -hmm. How do you get that out of, no, that's obviously a trend you want to stop. What, what has to change as a group? Yeah, I don't know if it's a, we call it a trend. I think it's just hockey, and I think it's part of you know, learning, right? You're in the playoffs. You're, if you're in the playoffs, you're going you're gonna to be in situations where you have two goal leads and where you have leads, and you have to learn how to defend them, how to, how to play against a team that's a, a good team that's going to push, right? And obviously, they had their push there. Um, I thought we had a push in the third. Uh, we didn't get one there, and then going into OT and throwing three with uh, that many scope players is a little bit of a toss-up there, so they got it. Thanks, Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Okay, that is Zach Hyman. Both goals tonight. He's up to 20 on the season. Gave the Oilers a 2-0 lead after two, but they cannot hang on. They settle for a single point. Avalanche win it 3-2 in overtime with Kale McCarr getting the game winner. McKinnon scored a beauty, and former Oiler Brad Hunt had the goal that tied it 2-2 with 11.41 left in the third. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers on 630Chet.com or globalnews.ca. Our next game broadcast is Monday. 7 o'clock for the face-off show, and the game will start at 8.30. Oilers at Kings. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening, and to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here inside Rogers Place. We have been live in Studio 99. Oilers Hockey presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford. Overtime Open Live. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.